Welcome to the Messy Girl Hour, the podcast where we dive deep into all things health, wellness and personal development for the messy girl. Join us as we explore fresh perspectives on self-care and self-love, tackle tough topics like mental health and body positivity and share our own messy stories and experiences. I'm your host, Kishira. And I'm your host, Beck. We are passionate about creating a safe and fun space where you can feel at home and supported on your own wellness journey without the traps of comparison and perfectionism. A space we have so often needed as ADHD girlies working in the industries of wellness, fitness and personal development. Whether you're looking for tips on how to boost your mood, interviews with inspiring women or just some good old fashioned girl talk, this is the podcast for you. So whoever you are and wherever you are on your journey, come as you are and grab your favourite beverage, kick back and get ready to laugh, learn and grow with the Messy Girl Hour. Our podcast may contain discussions on sensitive topics that some listeners may find upsetting, including mental health, emotional upset and or trauma, sex, relationships and or other adult content. So please check in with yourself before listening, see how you're feeling and if you're not feeling up to it today, Give yourself some TLC and an extra hug and some love from us. We'll catch you in the next episode. So today we have a bit of a different episode. So I recently, three, four days ago, turned 30. So we thought, why not do a mini celebration slash talk about the pressures? (laughs) For those of you that aren't watching, Cash just tried to blow some. What are they? They don't make sound. They just. You know, those things that make a noise usually. Like They're very toot- colourful. They're toot toots, but they don't toot toot. Toot toot. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I had to do it myself. But we moved. <laughs> um, so we wanted to talk about the what it's the pressures of. What, that you feel when you turn 30, what it feels like to turn 30, what it feels like as you're approaching turning 30. And what so it feels like when have... you're about to turn 31. <laughs> mm, cash, is a, cash is a year ahead of me, almost. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got our party hats, we've got our badges, we've got balloons, and we are ready to go. So I guess, I go on. Well, I want to start with saying happy birthday. Thank you. thank you, thank you, thank you. I won't actually <laughs> sing anymore because we'll just lose listeners. But I'm excited. We're having thank, a thank party. You, thank you. I know. I can't believe I didn't get any toot toots. <laughs> I didn't even know that's what they were called. <laughs> so yeah, like I was literally going to say, um, I've forgotten actually what I was going to say. I was going to say something before we started recording, and it's gone. Great start. You lose your memory apparently when you're too <laughs> Old age, hicking, kicking. Yeah, no, I think hitting. I think for me, my kind of like coming up to thirty, a big one for me was last year. I turned twenty nine, and I was. I remember going right next year. I'm thirty. I want to have a big party. I want to have big celebrations. Like I, when I turned twenty nine, I was like even more excited for my thirtieth than I was two weeks ago I just was like gonna have a party and as it got closer I thought actually do I want a party you know is the it a pressures, big deal yeah like is it and and I almost think the pressure of having a party making it a big thing and yeah is it is it too much so anyway as time went on I 
decided less and less to have a party. I'd even invited people like six months ago, I'm going to have a party on the 29th of April, make sure you're free, almost like save the dates. <laughs> and then I had people messaging me like a few weeks before, Becky, you're doing a party. I thought, no. Did you do anything for yours? Like as in like no, a big party? I did literally, I did literally the same exact thing. I like, mm. I like message everyone. I was like, it's my 30th. I, I like have my friends in my hometown and then I, I went to school somewhere else. So I always kind of do two things. I do one like in my hometown with my girls here and then I do another one down on the coast like with my friends and I'd like message everyone, made all these plans. And then I just got like cold feet and on the week of I was like, mm. do you know what? I'm just actually feeling antisocial. And it was just the idea as well of like, like everyone and everyone's partners and like it was just like blowing up and mm -hmm. I don't know I just I, I cancelled last minute I ended up just literally going for coffee with my girlfriend here and then I just went and had a beach day on the coast and I just text my friends like hey y'all I'm going to the beach come if you want don't yeah. if you don't <laughs> yeah um, it's a weird was, one isn't it yeah and I didn't like I didn't celebrate either of those things on my actual birthday day but on my actual birthday day, one of my best friends was over from England and her and her lovely boyfriend took me paddleboarding. And that is like an absolute dream come true for me. That's like my perfect idea. Yeah, birthday. that sounds and it was bliss. So much fun. So, so much fun. What did you do in the end? Yeah. Did you actually like do anything or did you just like not do anything at all? So we ended up staying in in Abbasock for an extra night so I woke up by the sea which is gorgeous went for a walk on the beach so that for oh, me nice. was perfect and then came back home went for dinner with my parents my brother and my boyfriend and we went to like a, a restaurant where they have live music and live music for me oh is that's just, really nice oh, what kind of music I was couldn't it? be it was like soul music oh it's brilliant wow. Love. just amazing like absolutely great atmosphere I had amazing food and then I was gonna go out for drinks with my friends on the Saturday the day after but we have a we have a rainbow light entered the entered the screen <laughs> full on disco I'm so sorry I'm like whilst we're recording setting up my light because I just didn't but I bought a new ring light and uh yeah it does like awesome. I love it it's a party one. So sorry. So this I was is... supposed to go for dinner with uh, drinks with my friends on Saturday, but very similar thing. Oh my God, pink and purple. That's the it's one. Brand, that's it's the brand color. colors. Does it make me pink and purple? No, I think I'd need to be more no. in the dark. Oh well. Um, anyway, we move. I'm so sorry, so... everyone. That's very ADHD <laughs> behavior. So I was going to go for drinks on Saturday with the girls. And again, very similar to you. I just got towards the end of the week. I'd had a crazy crazy busy week with work and I just thought I'd actually prefer to do something off the cuff last minute another time I literally just wanted to see where the day took me see where the weekend took me and do whatever um and we are we said we said to each other we'll make sure we do still do something but probably go for drinks in a couple of weeks and yeah so it wasn't anything major and I had a perfect weekend couldn't wish for anything different on the Friday I'm not gonna lie when I was out for dinner I'd had a drink and I was like do you know what I wish maybe at this point I would have liked to have had a party but I didn't it was a great night and it was yeah I, it is what it is 
such a weirdo about my birthday every year anyway but like 30 was extra for me and like I, I'm a bit I am a bit of a misery on my birthday I just I always want to do a party and then I'm like last minute I'm like mm, no and then mm. I have like oh I should have done something or I just feel dissatisfied <laughs> um yeah. and like I'm always like oh I don't care about my birthday it's not a big deal but then if people forget my birthday I get really upset uh, <laughs> and like and yeah. I like I'm terrible like I forget birthdays and I won't hold it against anyone obviously like it just is one of those things that happens but like for my 30th a couple of my best friends like spaced and I was just like no one cares about me I wasn't even cross with mm. them I wasn't even upset with them like I didn't take it personally like you know how to explain it I didn't take it personally from them but it was like about me <laughs> like mm. yeah in the moment and then a couple of days later I, I literally I'm like wow you're so dramatic like it's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to <laughs> but it is a weird one and like to be fair I am probably the same every year I think the difference with this year is because when I turned 29 I was like right it's gonna be amazing I'm gonna do and I, even at one point I was like I'm gonna do something every single month to celebrate yeah. like sorry who, who do you think you are, Beck? <laughs> but no, oh. it was absolutely perfect. And I think as well, I think for me is come approaching 30. I don't know, again, how you feel now you are nearly 31. But it's like the pressures of where I am in life. Like, Huge. you know, I know this, this is going quite deep here, but it was a massive thing for me, especially on the weeks approaching. I was like, I'm 30 in two months. I'm 30 in one month. I'm 30 in three weeks. And this isn't where I want to be. I don't want to be here. Da, 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 da. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. ever think I'd be here. Like for me, I, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 21. I have been back here for a couple of months here and there in between moving to other places but last mm. year I sold my house and I've been back at my parents for over a year and I was hoping it was only going to be like a few months and to me like I know we're very similar in that sense aren't we yeah. to me like I do not want, and I'm sure my parents feel exactly the same, in fact, I know they do, do not want, especially my dad, um, he is like OCD clean freak. Yeah. Um, is your dad like, an OCD clean freak? Oh, cash, yeah. My Next dad's level. an OCD clean freak. Honestly, so, so he'll funny. sit there, right? This is what he's like. So he's on, say, we've got like an open plan living room kitchen. So he sits on the couch with a tea towel, like over his shoulder, and if we've been in the kitchen, anyone this is, if we've been in the kitchen, it's the minute we move away, he's up there with his tea towel on his oak work top surfaces. Like, I mean, we take the mick out of him. My, it's quite my, funny, but. Literally, my dad's like, my dad's best friend is bleach and disinfectant. I'm not even joking. And it's funny because <laughs> my, like, my nana was like that. That's obviously where he's got it from. And I remember, because I grew up in Spain, right? I remember when I moved to, mm -hmm. we have different cleaning products than in, in England. And I remember when I moved to England when I was 16, um, and like I used Dettol for the first time. And I was like, this smells like my nana. Oh, <laughs> literally. So that's what her house smelled like. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, so my dad's definitely ready for me to move out. But I, I'm the my plan was when I moved back here after I sold my house. My plan was literally three months. I had a, it knew exactly where I wanted to move to. There was new bills being built. Those new bills haven't ended up being built. So I'm now looking at. Well, mm. hopefully, yesterday found a new place to rent, and I'm just going to rent until I, you know, find somewhere yeah. I want to buy now. But that was like a huge thing being back with my parents, mm. and actually. When you think about it, why why does it matter? I'm able to save so much more money now. So actually, it is like it's a big stigma, and it's more more of a stigma. I feel in like England than it is in other European countries, like in Italy or whatever. It's so normal to like stay at home, like until you get married, basically. Um, Mm. But I do think for me, I for I god i've had so many phases of just being like wow <laughs> what a loser <laughs> just like mm. 30 at month because i i left home when i was 16 and i was like didn't think i would ever like not only did i not think that i would like move back home to like live with my parents in adulthood but my with my mom my parents are separated but i definitely i just didn't even think that i would move back to my hometown do you know what i mean like i was just like ah, i yeah. went from like I live in the middle of nowhere countryside went to go live in London to be like a city city girl and I think for for me personally the other big thing in it is that I initially moved back home because I had a health crash and I was really Mm. sick so it wasn't really like there wasn't like a a practical active decision of like this is what I'm going to be doing and this is like the time frame and this is like the goal and this is why it was literally I didn't have another choice like I couldn't work I couldn't like sustain my rent anymore I I was in burnout I was in like absolute burnout and the first like and I also like you was like oh I'll go and like I'll like rest for three months and then I'll go back to London even though I lost my flat and everything I was just like well I'll just go back and doesn't really matter Mm. it did not take me three months to recover (laughs) Mm. at all and actually the whole first year that I moved back I was at my mom's and this is now this is like when I was 25 so this is like five years now the first year I was just here and I just I actually don't like really remember a lot of it because I was so so ill I was just kind of like actually very out of it and then I did move out when I started to get a bit better. But I have, over the last five years, I've been in and out of my mom's house, um, at mm-hmm. my mom's at the moment. And I literally, yeah, like I, I moved out for a bit and then went back. There was a time where I was going between here and England a lot. I was doing quite a lot of work in London, but then like coming back here. Um, I did move back to London for about six months during the pandemic because uh, I couldn't like to and fro so it's kind of better for me to be there and then I came back for a few months and then I went and lived in Mexico for a bit so I haven't been here like for five years yeah but it has been my base for like five years and I just didn't again it's like by 30 you kind of expect that you're gonna have uh like a house on your own <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, even yeah. for me to decide to rent was like mm. a big thing like I was like, mm. no, just hold out until you find somewhere that you want to buy. And, and actually, like, just letting go of, like, renting. Like, actually, so mm. so what? Like, it yeah. is. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? 
It oh. is. And it does, like, I was I was renting last year. And that's been the thing, is that, like, when I was, when I was in my flat last year and then my landlady decided that she was going to move in there when my contract ran out, um, we had agreed that I was going to renew the contract, but then that didn't happen. And when that happened, I was like, what do I do? Like, do I find somewhere else? Or I'll just go back to my mum's again to decide. And it just got, like... For what? Like, <laughs> for what? Like, I was paying to live in a flat that's, like, 10 minutes from my mum's house. It didn't drastically change my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, like, what? what is the what is the point? But I am starting to get to that point again now where, like, the point is just having your own space and independence. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's what you're made for. <laughs> so. That's what I, exactly where I'm at. And I think <laughs> where that actually comes from, because I was thinking to myself, like, a few weeks ago, I was like, why do I have this feeling? Like, because it's not necessarily something that people say out loud. Mm. Like, you know, oh, my God, you, no one's ever said to me, oh, my God, you, you, you're nearly 30, you're nearly at your parents' house. Like, no one's ever said that to me. But you just get what is it like? What but people is it? do, but people do say it about other people, right? It's like the stereotype yeah. thing, and one of the things as well that I've like noticed as I've come like more onto the neurodivergent side of like social media is how many neurodivergent adults end up moving back home <laughs> mm. or end up like burning out and end up like. I don't know obviously we're faced with like additional complications in terms of our lives and I do think that we're often mm. somewhat behind in some ways it's like that this the sustaining your like your well-being in when you're neurodivergent is a lot more effort than it seems to be for neurotypical people and mm. we do tend to suffer with burnouts more right uh and i think that particularly if we're talking about not just adhd like i think that this happens with adhd as well but like when we look at like the autistic spectrum it's it's not uncommon that when somebody burns out that they have like a like a loss of like ability to function to it's like we lose skills you know it's like if you mm-hmm. see it in like more severe cases of autism in children sometimes children will regress and mm-hmm. become non-verbal you know and that kind of happens yeah. with neurodivergent adults as well where there's suddenly like this regression like I remember when I first got sick it was almost impossible for me to to carry out like basic tasks like cooking for myself or do you know just taking basic like care of myself um mm-hmm which is part of the reason that like I came back and I think it's whack that like obviously we just live I feel like I'm saying obviously a lot it's just it's whack to me that we live in a society where it is increasingly difficult to actually like own a house to like make enough money to do the things that are seen as like basic you know Mm for our age but the standards aren't like the standards and expectations aren't changing in alignment with that as much do you know in Mm. the same way I think it's beginning to but on top of 
like living in a world where it is increasingly difficult to just be able to have the, the basic the basic expectations we also have to feel ashamed about not having them and yeah. i'm like you... our parents bought bought their houses for like nothing right like i think yeah. my, literally i think my my mom's house was and, and of course the amount of money is also like was also different but it wasn't as different as it no do, I, I don't know if I'm making yeah. sense I'm not an economist right but like I think my mom paid like 15 grand or like 20 grand for her house right which is which is which obviously wasn't the equivalent to 15 <clears throat> or 20 grand today but it still was a lot less when so for example now over in the UK now like when I had my house we had it for six years it was one percent interest like one percent that's all we paid now the average interest rate i'm pretty sure is like five or six percent but like i mean it doesn't sound a lot different but obviously on uh an ex- like a house oh, yes. that's like two two hundred grand mm. like that I, like mm. a lot a lot lot of, a lot of money not only that mm. like electricity over here is like obscene yeah. It's crazy. Is and it? I just, it's... yeah, like, it's so wild. It is so wild. Mm. Like, the, the cost of living, like, food, right? Like, and yeah. I feel like Spain is stereotypically, like, a cheap country. And while it is true that rent is, generally speaking, a lot cheaper here than it is in the UK, for example, and there are things like eating out is much cheaper here than it is in the UK, mm. I think supermarket shopping is more expensive here than it is in England. Really? Especially if you're living in a city and you can shop around. Like when I was living in London, I had like I had like a Sainsbury's and a Morrison's and a Tesco's all near me. So I would like buy certain things from each supermarket. Do you know what I mean? Like you can mm. actually go and like and then I had like Dawson Market. Oh, I could go get my my fresh like fruit and veg from the market um you have more options whereas like obviously when you're in a small town you just have like what's that or you have to drive to go and find like maybe more cheap cheap options but then you're paying for petrol anyway right it all kind of is so expensive and like especially like if you're on your own like you know if you if you're Hmm. like moving in somewhere on your own like to take that on, you have to earn like a very good wage to be able to mm. well mm, and mm, not it's oh my god it's it can go on and on but like to even just to rent without finding money for a deposit that's a lot but to get on the property ladder to ha- you have to have such a chunk of a deposit and yeah. oh my god so yeah for me like that was a big thing is Mm. moving house and uh, like moving out my parents and like you said like the money side of things the financial side of things is a huge huge obstacle and I think like it's the financial like instability that we live in do you know where it's Mm. like we're constantly in and out of our our lives we've been constantly in and out of recessions like we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like now we're in a cost of living crisis (laughs) like Mm. (laughs) and I I just feel like it's when you're rent when you go and rent somewhere, it can feel like you're kind of flushing money down the drain. But if like in a year's time I we're in another crisis, I'm not in the same financial position. I can't really sustain it. 
then I just need to give my notice and I can leave. Whereas if I own that house, like what do you yeah. do if you don't have enough money? At the moment, how it is over in the UK is like a lot of rental properties are actually cheaper at the moment than some people's mortgages. Yeah. Where it's never really been that way around. You know, like mm. I know when- It's not at... here in Spain. It's still like quite yeah. a lot. It's either like the same or like less to like have a mortgage i'd say it is a lot it's a lot to think about when you're approaching 30 and i don't know why 30 is such an age like why why not 29 why not 20 like it's not yeah. really any different but i just feel yeah. like 30 is just and again we same, do, similar i don't know how we do hmm. put those pressures on the on those like round numbers though don't we so but it's just it's the beginning of a new decade and i just think that it's it is it's the first like proper adult decade do you know yeah like because towards the end of your 20s I think is when you start to actually feel like a grown-up or at least that was the case for me but when I think of like Mm -hmm. my early 20s like psychologically speaking you're just actually like your brain's not even finished develop like you you are actually still like pretty fucking adolescent in your early 20s mm. do you know and that's like for, for me like I left home like I say I left home when I was 16 I, that's when I started like working and whatnot by 18 I was like on, on my own I was actually like living with a, a boyfriend at the time by the time I was 18 but I don't think that I really <clears throat> even began to like enter adulthood until like 24 25 um Mm. and and I don't think it was until 28 29 that I was like I'm actually starting to feel like a (laughs) grown-up yeah do you know what I literally said to my auntie yesterday yesterday I think it was she came she came to drop some stuff off and I said to her, she was like, oh, did you have a good birthday? And I was like, yes, I feel like a real adult now. Literally said that is that, yeah. those is that word. Oh, good now. Oh, I'm growing up. Yeah. And so it's a, it is, it's like, it is, it's, it's a big coming of age, age, you know, it's like right yeah. into adult life. My feeling is mm. that in our teens, we do a lot of learning. You know, we learn a lot of rules. Mm. We learn, like, and I and I mean socially and emotionally, not just like, you know, not just literally like, be home by this time. <laughs> rules, you know, and yeah, and I think that a lot of your twenties is actually more of an unlearning process. It's mm. like we come into our twenties, we start to have our first taste of actual independence, and you have to kind of deconstruct yourself and figure out like what is really you what is your conditioning whether that be like conditioning from your upbringing or whether that be conditioning from school from like social conditioning do you know what I mean or like the identities that you've been given um through that with the add-on on top like for us as neurodivergent people and I can't really talk about it from the perspective of somebody that isn't neurodivergent because wouldn't know about Mm. that but like (laughs) for me that also meant unmasking you know and figuring out like what is what is really me and what is the mask that I've created to cover my tracks and not let people Mm. know that I'm like different right um and so that is messy that is a messy journey often Mm -hmm. 
and you're kind of outdoing adult life and like totally fucking winging it <laughs> you know yeah and I think that yeah. in your 20s you also have like or most people will have like their first big heartbreak and like they'll have to learn about their own limits or limitations they'll have their big disappointments or like their first big failures like whether that be in their career or whatever else we have like friend breakups or we go through all of these like sheddings of different phases through your 20s and I think that even in your 20s there's this pressure to have shit figured out in some kind of way like I thought that I was going to be like married with kids by 25 which now is just so hilarious me to me <laughs> yeah. like when I was in school I remember like, I'm going like, to be a really young mum yeah yeah, yeah so mm. <laughs> cancer placement things I swear to god and like it was just absolutely like not it was not the case nothing of the sort actually in fact I was but at like 24 I was coming out of like a relationship and I can remember that being this thing of like oh my god I'm starting all over again and I'm like 25 I should be settling down and now I'm like on my own and like it's Mm -hmm. just it is to me again we live in a time where life expectancy has massively increased <laughs> you know like yeah we have time baby we have time <laughs> we have time it's fine and your 20s for people for people out there listening that are in their 20s like just give yourself space to be fucking messy that's the whole point of your 20s it is the whole yeah, fucking figure it point out. of your 20s is just to figure it out so be like if I can give you any any advice it's just to be curious rather than just giving yourself a fucking hard time and obviously if whatever it is that you're doing is not serving you not working for you making you feel worse like not serving the direction that you want to go in in life then go ahead and change that or learn how to change that but mm. your 20s chaotic your 20s is chaotic no one has a fucking clue it's not just you yeah no one no one knows what they're doing no one knows what's going on no <laughs> it's just you, a yeah. weird time to live and you think through. you're supposed to know don't you I remember yeah. just thinking I should know I should I should have my shit figured out by now and I think you know you just hearing you speak then one thing I've kind of been mulling over over the weekend is actually like I yeah like a, I know I don't know why but again like yeah right I'm 30 now come on back like it let's make shit happen let's like mm. I don't know I just felt this like overwhelming sense of like determination but from yeah. an exciting point of view like from an exciting mm. perspective just like mm. right oh my god I let's make this like the best years of your life now moving forward and I think one thing that I am humongously grateful for and I don't think I would be where I well I know I wouldn't be where I am today or have this same Mm. um, perspective is my diagnosis like I honestly think well no I don't think I know Mm. that my diagnosis has completely changed brought out the best in me like it's determined who I really really am and I honestly yeah and like you said like Mm. that whole figuring 
getting stuff wrong in your 20s I'm grateful for now without me messing up and doing all those Mm. things in my 20s for one I wouldn't have like if I didn't get to that place I was in I wouldn't have reached out to you all Mm. of the work that we've Mm. done like I've done with you that you've helped me with that Mm. brought me to my diagnosis that's helped me to figure out who I am helped me to unmask helped me to relearn all of those things and that that, Mm. I would not be here right now like I wouldn't absolutely not I resonate so much yeah Mm. I resonate so much with that yeah and now I'm like I'm proud of myself I didn't settle in I could have probably settled at like Mm. 28 27 28 um but no I didn't I knew there was more out there and I am proud of myself even it was hard really really Mm. hard for pushing on knowing that that wasn't right for me and like getting to where I am now like yeah like you said like Cash said like go and figure stuff out go and test things get curious like mm. get to know what you want what you don't want find those things like be be courageous enough to not live your life in a default setting you know yes you know Love like that. actually explore yeah. and figure out what what you want for yourself consciously not just like a default of what you think should be because when you try and find happiness through like an idealized version of what life should look like through the lens of what you've learned either societally or from your upbringing or from people whatever it is from media from whatever it is like it won't actually bring you happiness necessarily if it Mm -hmm. isn't what you actually want and that's not to say that living a conventional life is not going to bring anyone happiness figure it out for yourself and what you want for yourself if what you want for yourself is a very conventional life then that's great like go forth and enjoy Mm. every moment of of that right um but if you've never taken the time to get to know yourself and you just plonk yourself into this default setting it it will more likely than not become a cage somewhere along the line do you know and I think (laughs) you you know like intuitively you know if that's not where you're meant to be Mm, your head might tell you no this Mm. this is what you should you should be doing Mm. but I every time that I've had that intuitive feeling Mm. a lot of the time in my 20s I would ignore that I would ignore that and be like no 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 Mm. this is this is wrong you're wrong but it would always be one always like this (laughs) yeah it's always right like my no sorry go ahead I was gonna say my biggest piece of advice and something that I've live by every single day now is follow your follow your intuition never ignore that gut feeling like your body yeah your 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 body body knows you better than your head like your head has learned Mm. so much from the environment that you've been in from the things that you've been taught your head has learned all of these different things your body is the the well doesn't learn those things it just Mm knows like never absolutely like that is one thing that I am it's taken me a long time and I've ignored it so many times but I Mm. will now I can definitely say if I'm in in, ever in a moment where I'm like oh I'm like what's your gut saying what's your gut saying and I and I like definitely do live my life I can't I can't like not anymore (laughs) I can't like Mm. I can't 
ignore it anymore and I do think that you know what you said about your ADHD diagnosis as well is so huge I was having this conversation with my mum the other day where I just feel like since I was 12 and I'm not I'm not saying like as in that like I've had a miserable life since I was 12 but I felt that my life from the age of 12 was always like an uphill slug do you know it was like consistently there was always something there was always something there was always something and I had this real kind of sense in my life of like when's the other shoe gonna drop because I'll be sort of like going well and then I'll run out of steam or I won't be interested in it anymore or I'll have a burnout or something will implode in my life there's always something sort of going on and since being diagnosed with ADHD there's this whole array of things in terms of me and my life that were a mystery unexplainable and out of my control that now I understand and can do things about and it's like it's not just like now I'm in control of my ADHD I still have ADHD but Mm. I understand what that means and what that looks like and I don't have this uphill feeling anymore do you know it's like it's not constantly an uphill battle because I'm not constantly fighting against myself and my brain anymore that's what the fucking uphill battle was fighting myself every day of my life do you know and I think probably the age of 12 is like when I started going into adolescence and started to feel different mm-hmm. do you know yeah. started to become yeah. aware of my neurodivergence without knowing what that was do you know it's yeah. so crazy 100% yeah it, so it, liberating, it, it right? is. and it's yeah and yeah. it's like you said like all of those things that just did just something didn't quite make sense why you just feel like like a little bit different like this there's just mm. something and I put it down to god the amount of things that I've I know we've spoken about this so I won't mm. go into too much detail with this but I put it down to so many different things and I do honestly think if I'd not had that mm. diagnosis I probably wouldn't be where well no I wouldn't I, I probably would still be in that figuring out stage which is totally mm. okay it doesn't matter how I know mm. people I've heard people that get diagnosed when they're like 50 mm. but like if yeah it just has helped me figure out who I am everything that was so muffled and foggy is just clear now it makes sense it's mm. still you know it's hard but you know, you can reassure it's yourself. It's a lack of like, understanding. Yeah. It's a lack of, it's mm. like, there's something very like excruciating about not really comprehending yourself. Do you know, like, why am mm. I like this? Just echoed around like my fucking head for like nearly 30 years, you know? I don't yeah. understand myself. I don't understand. It's like, there's all these things that don't align with my goals. Whereas now, obviously the fact that I have ADHD hasn't changed I do think that medication treatment has made such a difference right like it's just like so life-changing even just in terms of like my my like it's mood stabilizing do you know what I mean like Mm. it is because we have low dopamine levels like there's no two ways about it like even if you're a really positive person ADHD can really affect like your happiness 
you know like your yeah. your 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 mood um and i feel so much like just consistently well just more consistent yeah. in, in, yeah. all, in all sort of areas i think with that understanding also comes this like oh oh okay i get it so that i just need to work with this do you know like now i know what yeah. i need to do and so i apply yeah. that to my to my day-to-day life to actually my goals and to to work to the podcast right it's like we can do things in a way where it's like oh this is going to be sustainable for my adhd brain this is actually going to be like workable and then it's more enjoyable like yeah i i feel like since i've got a medication i have such a different sense of like delayed gratification and patience Oh I was my God. Yeah. so impatient before. So if everything wasn't an immediate success, like within the first two months, it's a failure. Ooh, my hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a failure. I'm a failure. <laughs> There's no point anymore. Like this is yeah. not giving me like dopamine. Whereas now I'm so like chilling. I'm just like, yeah, it's all gonna, it's all like, you just have to do the things and like it will all it will all work out and while this is specific to like adhd people i also think it isn't do you know because i think that whether it's adhd Mm -hmm. or whether it's something else everybody in their 20s is on a journey of getting to know themselves 100 percent. yeah do you know and having to figure out what life looks like when you honor your specific needs and when you go for your goals, like working with yourself, your needs, your brain, your body, whatever, versus like when you try and cram yourself into this like methodology or approach, it just like fundamentally doesn't actually help you expand. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of it as well, like one thing I'd quite like to like touch on and hear your views on is is I definitely think is comparison like you say regardless of ADHD or whatever it is when you get approaching to 30 or whatever age as you're getting older you compare yourself to other people your age like oh well they're doing that like why aren't why aren't I like but for example like I don't think like probably like 80% of my friends have kids or are getting married Mm. probably 90% you know and like so I compare myself none of my friends live at home like Mm. none of them so like I compare myself to or or was Mm. comparing myself to them yeah like so that I think comparison is a massive thing like you say regardless like coming away Mm. from the ADHD thing it's bigger like comparison is a huge thing but it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be everyone is on their own individual journey and like Mm. I had a house at 21 like I owned a house Mm. at 21 none of my friends owned houses then so I think Mm. that for me I'm like I've gone backwards but actually no Mm. like I should be proud of myself that I was in a position to buy a house at the age of 21 but not like oh my god Beck you've gone backwards like try and it doesn't matter everybody is on their own mm. journey absolutely i think like i I was having this conversation with a, a good friend of mine recently who's like going into their 40s right and i was saying you know i i was having a bit of like a oh my god like i'm gonna be 31 and like i'm still at home and what's going on and i'm kind of like at the same time I'm like well I know exactly what I'm doing to sort of move it forward and 
what not what not and I'm not unhappy in my situation either but it was just one of those days where I was like am I just like failing massively at life and he said to me he was like when I was your age I was also at my mom's but I wasn't even like working (laughs) and like I was I would say definitely in a worse like situation and like mindset than you are now and like he now owns his own house that he's like renovated he's like in a really lovely stable relationship with his wonderful girlfriend do you know what I mean like he's just he's running his own business he's you know like doing really well in life and he's really happy in his life and he was like you just never know like what's around the corner like you have so much time still do you know what I mean and it's just like I think as well part of this is the like living in the in the age and like idea of the before and after right like the before Mm -hmm. and after picture or the you know and we're expecting that we're going to reach this after destination and then we're just gonna it's just all going to be like kind of plain sailing whereas the reality is is that life fluctuates in different ways throughout do you know it's like I've left home and found success and did whatever and then like my chronic health crash came out of nowhere and I became like found myself in a situation I never imagined would ever be my Mm. life do you know because at some level that judgment like I was like but that would never be me right because because I wouldn't let that be be me right Mm. like I that's not that's not you know I would just make it work well tell God your plans and it (laughs) because he's just gonna laugh at you um yeah and it, it just and it, it just is like that and and in in the worst of moments there are good things and in the good like the best of moments there'll be difficult things that is the reality of life it isn't like yeah. a, it isn't a before after it isn't a destination the the journey is the whole fucking point so yeah like be in it live it like actually yeah. be with it Le- learn to ride the waves don't like fight yeah don't fight mm. against it like like you said enjoy the journey and because I've heard on so many podcasts that I listen to um people say like but I listen to Diary of a CEO Stephen Barlett that's like my go-to podcast and mm. I would say probably most episodes I've listened to everyone says when you you, you never get to where you want to be you'll always there'll always be more that you want to strive for so make like yeah. enjoy the process of it enjoy the mm-hmm. journey because it's not like you said when you get to that after that you think is mm-hmm. your after no no it's not necessarily and I think it. like and it's, it, I think that it's also about actually give yourself space to figure out what it is that you want right like mm-hmm. I think one of the big things that has kind of actually kept me in this like with my mum's house being my base and I come in and out as it were but a big part of that is like I'm not ready to buy a house because I don't know where I want a house right like I Mm. have no idea where I want to like settle down as it were or have Mm. like as a base for like a long 
long term and like I don't yeah it's like I don't actually without that like clear knowing of like what it is that I I actually want to be honest with you I think what I think what I'm coming to realize I actually really want is to get a van like that's what I actually really want I don't actually want to be like tied down to one spot I don't have a driving license (laughs) so uh, until I have my driving license there's no point in me getting a van and I have this like ADHD block about my like driving license I don't know I need to get over it especially now that I'm coming so becoming like so clear with that do you know that it's like actually that's what I actually want and then once Mm. you become once you have the space to become clear you're not like frantically just trying to like fit things into place you can actually go right okay what do I need to do to make this a reality I could start by getting (laughs) yeah and you know what actually one thing I think I've definitely has been a massive mind shift for me in the past couple of years is rather than going after like Although I, I do like luxurious things, like I do like mm. to have nice a nice car, nice things in my house, nice clothes, whatever. Mm. I've realized that the one thing that I do 100% want without a shadow of a doubt is to be content, to feel grounded and content in mm. myself. And I think so often we can focus on all of the external things that we want and that we think we mm. need and that we should be aiming for and should be striving mm. for. And actually just check in with like how you're feeling inside. Is that, again, this is something that you, I know that you, mm. you've said to me, where's that coming from? Is that coming from a place mm. of, oh my God, like I just need, need, need that. Or is that coming from a place, do you know what? Like I'm feeling great at the moment. That is the next thing mm. for me. And actually one thing that I, I know I've said to you in like recent sessions is I my only thing at the moment that I am looking for is obviously there's loads of external things that I'd like, mm. but right now I want to feel grounded. I want to feel content. I want to feel safe. Mm. And I, I want to feel like joy and like happy and peace. Mm. And to me, when you focus on that, you actually, I think anyway, you tend to not need or want as much of that other external stuff when you're happy just in absolutely. yourself exactly where you are absolutely and I would say like that from from that journey in my own life that I realized how much of what I wanted or what I thought I wanted was really like me security chasing And that Mm -hmm. when I actually did get to a point in my life where I started to genuinely feel secure and safe in myself, in my, in my, in my day to day life, because I became a safe person for myself, that I didn't actually know what I wanted. (laughs) Like, it was like, because I was constantly chasing for safety in one way, whether that was like, you know, in 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 a relationship or in lots of money or in what it was all about like creating like get it wasn't even like creating safety it was running from fear do you know it was like get me out of the the scary place right and the more Mm. that like I've developed a resilience to vulnerability a resilience to discomfort a resilience to fear do you know 
the more I've been able to just sit still and be like, hmm, if I don't rush this, what do I want? And I came up blank for like a really long time. It was like, wow, I have no idea what I actually want for myself. And I feel like that's starting to come into place now. And that's a part of the reason that I'm like at my at my mum's now, because it's like, okay, I'm having a really clearer picture about what it is that I want. And I know (laughs) that the methods I used in the past to get what I want or what I thought I want did not work out for me. (laughs) So it's like now it's like I'm establishing this this way of like tackling the things that I need to do to achieve my Mm. goals. And whilst I'm doing that, actually, this is like perfect because I'm trying to build like the foundation for my dream life, do you know? Yeah. Um, that I actually really want, like when I'm being genuinely honest about my desire and like my mm-hmm. joy. And it's like, I just see myself on a fucking, like I see myself in my van with my dog, like surfing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Exploring. Yeah. I'm just doing definitely yeah like that that is I feel like that's going to be like my next big adventure and I don't know if it's going to be in a year's time or in two years time or whatever like because part of my dream and my fantasy there is that like I fix up my van myself and do that whole kind of like journey in the past the idea of having a goal that was not going to even begin for like two years was like inconceivable to me but now you say like you say you've got that page that delay gratification Mm. is there now so and one thing I think that helped me in figuring out some things that I want out of Mm. life was actually also being very aware of the things that I don't want you know I think that was like a big part for me that I know we've spoken about in sessions was like well well we know that that bit isn't working for you so you Mm. to help you know what you do want figure out also what you don't want because you're more likely to know the things Mm. that you don't want from things that you've experienced or you've had in your life before like you know I actually don't want that like we can pull that out Mm. (laughs) even if you don't know what you do want you know what you don't want (laughs) absolutely and that and that is I mean that's developmental and I think that when Mm. we look at like how children develop it's very telling to like our development process that just is on a loop repeating through our lives in different ways, right? So it's like, if you look at like a toddler, they learn no first, right? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It's no to everything, even things that they actually do want. And then they'll say no, and then they'll realize what they've done. And then they're like, no, yes, (laughs) you know? And that that is that is part of the developmental. Per- that is how our brains work. That's how we develop. Um, mm. And I absolutely think that that if you're at this no point, this like two year old toddler no point in your twenties, uh, you're on the right track. You you will be there before yeah. you before you reach the the yes and I want and being able to actually like be clear and vocalize those things um and mm. I think that you know we we live in a we live in a society where like frankly like you actually do have to learn the basic skills of being yourself like we don't live in a society that really facilitates or like empowers people in individuality and authenticity um or like emotional mm. intelligence 
Do you know, those are not things that actually we put importance on in this society. We might talk about it a lot on social media, but it is not reflected in our sort of like traditional ideals in terms of parenting, in terms of our education system, in terms of our workforce system. Like it is not actually desirable to yeah, yeah. capitalism, <laughs> like to our employers if we're really like in touch with with those aspects of ourselves and going mm, actually I don't want to work overtime without extra pay because <laughs> my mm. uh, gut is telling me that that's a no <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so yeah. but do you know what well, like on the whole no thing that you were just talking about there one thing that I, that sprung to mind is when I was I was with the counselor at one point I can't remember which mm. one. Um, and I was taught, and she'd said to me about that no, when you say no, or when you've been told no so much as a kid, which you do, it's just normal. Mm. Um, or another thing linked to that is when you fall down, you know, when, so like mm. basically how she was saying it is if, because when you're growing up, you've been said, no, 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 don't do that, don't touch that, don't do this, don't do that, mm. blah, blah, blah. We say no to ourselves sometimes or often I know I did to opportunities yeah but actually when as a kid she explained it as if a child I remember exactly the analogy she used if a child is climbing up a ladder and the 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 parent would say get down no get down you shouldn't do mm. that you'll fall or you might fall they're going to think then they're going to get down and and they're going to think oh god well I can never climb a ladder because I'm going to fall or I can never mm. climb this because I'm going to fall when in actual fact if they climb the ladder it's not going to be obviously not a 10 foot ladder mm -hmm. you know like a two foot ladder mm. and they'd fallen off they'd probably hurt themselves get up cry mm. and then they'd become more resilient but they learn for mm. themselves mm. whereas like I think one thing that I've definitely taken into adulthood for me is I will say no to things in case yeah they go wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I admire massively about one of my friends, um, so my godson is two, just turned two, and mm. I and I've like never even had this conversation with her, but I remember this thing that my counsellor said to me, and she just lets she will let him fall over in like just and mm. and she'll get up and be like, oh my god, what you like, and we'll laugh, and he gets up and he laughs mm. his head off, and he's falling mm. over, he's raised his hand, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like. It's like that, that risk resilience, like, and, and that is something mm. that I would say, like, I'm very grateful in my upbringing, you know, obviously I was raised in, in like a hippie community and with a village, do you know, like it takes a village. Yeah. Like I had that, I had that community and I do think that my mum parented me like that. Like I was such a little monkey. I was always climbing, rock climbing, climbing trees. And even if she was shitting herself, <laughs> she would like stand yeah. at the bo bottom ready to catch me. And she would, if I got stuck, she wouldn't like panic or get it. She would be like, no, it's okay. So you're going to put your left foot here and you go. And she would just guide me to like carry on climbing up, or carry yeah. on climbing down. And if there was things where it was like, sometimes you just have to learn through experience. Like I think once I was like trying to get into like a, like a pond. <laughs> like a like a, a man-made like fountain pond thing 
um yeah. and she was like you're, you're gonna you're gonna slip it was like like a frog pond do you know what I mean so it had like oh, all yeah. the al- algae at the bottom she was like you're gonna slip and you're gonna get wet and I was just like not having it and in the end she was like you know go for it then. <laughs> yeah and effectively I like I slipped and I got wet and then I was like <laughs> I'm all wet and covered in slime now and she was like yeah yeah <laughs> I don't tell you that was gonna happen mm. do you know what I mean and I think she was like this is something that I say to like clients as well that are our parents especially like parenting teenagers and then it sort of like feeds into the idea of like re like self reparenting and like I don't know to me like punishment is often very fucking useless and even when we're punishing ourselves it's often very useless it's like can we actually look at consequences one thing that I say to like parents of teenagers is like when you need to lay a boundary or teach your kids something in terms of a boundary not from the place of like perfection like sometimes you're going to lose your shit and that's that's okay everybody does with mm-hmm. their kids sometimes but like if you are able to catch yourself and say okay what is the consequence of this that is going to best equip my kid in real life? Do you know? So the consequence Mm. has to be like linked to the boundary. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. it's like, I'm informing you that if you're playing around in this pond, you are going to fall. You're going to get wet. I don't have a change of clothes for you. Okay, so the consequence Mm. is going to be that you're going to spend the next X amount of hours until we go home walking around in wet clothes. And that's not going to be comfortable. Do you know what I mean? And then I fall. And then I live the consequences of that. Do you know? And now I'm soggy until we get until we get home. (laughs) Do you you know? And maybe next time, like, what is the solution then? Maybe next time we're going to think about the, like, the solutions ahead of time. And how can we then, like, enable the child in terms of maybe the learning is that next time we don't get in the pond. Or maybe the learning is we're going to this place with this pond. Would you like to pack up chains mm. of clothes this time? Do you yeah. know? And I, I think, love that, yeah. Can we do that? Can we have that kind of attitude towards ourselves in a way that we can like instead of like instead of trying to create safety through avoidance or through predictability like preparing Mm. ourselves for risk and then also learning when we like slip and fall right the narrative doesn't become like i'm a shit person or i'm useless or i'm a failure it becomes like, wow, interesting. Okay, so what do I take from this? And how do I like mm. prepare myself for this fall next time or like avoid the fall completely if it's not like beneficial to, to me? How can I create like tools and like safeguards for myself that in like increase my capacity, resilience and ability to take risks? rather than yes. trying to do it through avoiding risk do you know yeah love love yeah couldn't agree more I think and that's something that I have definitely had to l- learn as I've 
like in the last few years because mm. I I my mom was like she's so she's so funny about this she's like danger in empty room she calls herself <laughs> so she knows like mm. she you know she and I think I picked up mm. on a lot of that growing up and that's probably you know why I think well it will be you know why why I am kind mm. of why I have suffered with anxiety of different things and why I do struggle to take risks and do but I definitely know over the last few years since I've adapted more of that take risks you can you know fall down mm. seven times stand up eight you know that kind mm. of mindset um dust yourself off off you go and, and you learn like your um your friend Denise said who was on the podcast mm. you, you you learn from those mistakes like mistakes are good they're lessons mm. um, and that's something that I will be taking into my 30s with me for sure <laughs> amazing and I will say from nearly 31 I'll be 31 in July it is currently the beginning of May. Whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> I might be 31 by then. <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> but, um, you know, truly, that, like, your 30s are great, man. I'm, like, a big fan already. It's so much fun. Yeah. You just have such a greater sense of, like, who you are. And I just feel like... It, I, I talk about this in, in sessions, right, in terms of your personal development, that so often there's this very internal journey when you, like, start to understand things and you start to, like, unpick it and then you start to, like, live it differently for yourself in terms of, like, how mm. you speak things or how you respond or whatever. And that goes on for a while and it, it's almost like, okay, is this just it's like I'm I'm thinking differently but like is anything really like that different and then suddenly one day it just go and it just sort of clicks into your whole body and now it stops even being like a conscious response and it just somehow like integrates it into your system and you just start doing that as your first response to things it is now your instinct like first point port of call reaction and then from that place suddenly you start to notice how like your life begins to change as a result of this shift right mm. and it starts to manifest externally in your life in in certain ways and to me like that's what I feel like your whole 20s is this like internal shifting and at the beginning of your 30s you kind of have that click moment and you can begin mm. to like actually externalize it more and my hope at least or my thought is that like in your 40s you're like you get to like look around and go huh yeah <laughs> do you know like yeah this is yeah I choose this this is what I want and yeah. wanted and yeah mm. love it yeah so how about we do before you wrap up let's Oh God, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, aren't I? Because I'm not very good with on the spot things. Let's do three pieces of advice or tips for people approaching their 30s or all their 40s or whatever, a big number. Yeah. And okay, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. So <laughs> I would say don't compare yourself to anyone. Stay in your own lane. Mm -hmm. Good advice listen to your gut don't ignore it whatever mm. you want in your like intuitively in your instincts whatever you want you can have don't settle mm. and number three 
take risks, enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. And yeah, there's my three. Good advice. Mm, okay, let me think. My first piece, <laughs> Astro Carino hit my first piece of advice. If you're in your late 20s, learn about your Saturn return. <laughs> because, wow, if I didn't know about my Saturn return when I was living through my Saturn return, I think it would have been a lot more unbearable than it was knowing what, like, my process, knowing what it was, the process I was going through. That might not resonate with you if you don't, like, really believe in astrology, but I, it, that is a piece of advice. It made my life easier um my second piece of advice for people in their 20s like just generally speaking is like have more fun <laughs> like really mm -hmm. just how like have more fun go and figure shit out like don't don't lose too much time like thinking that you're not going to be able to make it up in the future and I say that from somebody that did live that way in my 20s like I was always thinking ahead and like I was very I was a lot I was a lot more like structured and like I don't want to say responsible because it doesn't feel like the right word but like I was I did all the right things in my early 20s and I still ended up having a chronic health crash and falling on my ass and like like ending up in the, the the worst case scenario that I thought I was avoiding and like it's fine it's actually fine you can turn everything around so mm -hmm. much quicker than it feels like so much quicker than you think um so just have a blast in your 20s and like there will get though you will come to a point where you're ready to do the next thing and I don't force myself now in my 30s to like sit down and do my work or like not go out at the weekend or whatever like I don't have to create these restrictions on what I have to do like I genuinely want to that I'm at the place in my life where that is where my energy and focus is and that's where I want to be I don't get FOMO anymore I don't whatever it's like I genuinely just am where I want to be that will come so don't miss out yeah. on you know like I think back and it's like the times that I missed out on like friends birthdays or whatever because like I didn't want to miss a gym session or I did like and mm -hmm. it's I, I like you know I would never change a thing I, I don't live in regret because I am who I am and where I am as a result of but if I had advice for my past self and for people in their 20s now don't miss out for yeah get you know. a party and my last piece of advice no pressure mm, 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 mm. again it's just like like coming back to that place of like curiosity rather than like the should be's mm. and like 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 don't live your life on on a on a default setting like it's a it's a waste to live your life on a default setting mm -hmm and not like fully embrace everything that it means to be you and the fullest version of you do you know that's like your one chance yeah so live live life as that full expression of yourself and sometimes to get to that point like you need to go through a journey of like curiosity deconstruction and it can be complicated or confusing or messy or and we kind of have to fuck up along the way or fucked up shit happens mm -hmm. along the way. But 
if it takes you closer to your truth and your heart and that capacity you know to take risks and to to increase that vulnerability it's so worth it like there's nothing even the most awful experiences I've had in my 20s there's there's none of it that wasn't so worth it to be yeah who and where I am today in my 30s yeah I couldn't agree more yeah literally Mm. couldn't agree more all all the all the experiences good and bad make make you who you are don't they Mm. Mm. yeah yeah Perfect. Great advice. So flowing, Great advice. thriving, baby. Yes. So bring on the, the rest d- of our thirties. Bring on the dirty thirties. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Love you. Bye. 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 Well, ladies, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for some girly talk. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did recording. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps us to reach more fabulous ladies just like you. And as always, we want to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at Messy Girl Hour and slide into our DMs with any topic suggestions, feedback or just to say hi. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are so loved, especially by us. Goodbye. Bye.